delayed harvest is in effect, and we're celebrating that here on the Carolina Outdoors. In fact, this portion of the Carolina Outdoors is brought to you by the fly fishing gear that we sell there. If you want to check that off your bucket list, forget hiking Mount Kilimanjaro, forget through hiking the Appalachian Trail. This fall, take on the sport that will last you a lifetime, the sport of fly fishing. Available at Jesse Brown's Outdoors and jessebrowns.com. I'm Bill Barty, alongside Mr. Wes Lawson. You know, if you are on the Appalachian Trail right now, you might see Dr. Bounty Hunter. What? Rumor has it he's going to be there. Now, um, we're going to jump all over that, <laughs> skip that entirely. Um, we'll come back to that for the uh, uh, for for um, another segment. That's right. That's another time. Bill, we get a lot of questions about fly fishing, but especially about delayed harvest, what it is, what it means, when is it. It's almost like we need to have Dave the Berg Mangler on the show. Well, I'm glad that you should mention that, Wes Lawson, because TJ the DJ box has hit the proper buttons. Oh, no, 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 not that orange one. Yeah, that yellow one. And we have got Dave Bergman, lead guide and instructor from Jesse Brown's, on board the Carolina Outdoors Express. Dave, welcome. Hey, how y'all doing? We're doing awesome. So listen, we have waited all all summer with a bated breath on this thing called the delayed harvest. Yes. Will yes. you tell us what that is? Yeah, it's the, the big phenomenon of trout fishing in North Carolina. Actually, other states have it as well. So yeah, I think the most important thing to talk about with delayed harvest is what does that mean? So delayed harvest is, well, it's what it says. It's when the harvest of trout is delayed. And there are streams around the state that have this regulation. So you are not allowed to keep any trout from October 1st to the first Saturday in June. From October 1st to the first Saturday in June, it is catch and release on these streams. Once June 1st rolls around, uh, the streams are open to uh, any kind of fishing you want to do, which means you can you can bring bait and corn and stuff or whatever you want, and you have a limit of seven fish, and you can catch them however you want. But starting tomorrow until the first Saturday of June, it is single-hooked artificial lures only. So that means flies, fly fishing, and if you're conventional fishing, that means one single hook. And on an artificial lure, no power bait, uh, no worms, nothing like that. It has to be has to be an artificial lure. Uh, with flies, we don't obviously don't have that issue, right? They're all artificial. Um, technically, you really should, if you are fishing a fly, you're only supposed to be fishing a fly that has one hook on it, um, and you're supposed to be releasing all of your fish. Now, so, Dave, what about uh, if you know dry dropper rigs have become really popular lately where we have a dry fly on top and then we tie some tippet down to another fly? Is that allowed? Yeah, that's acceptable. That's okay. acceptable. Uh, I'm talking more things like um, uh, some articulated streamers that have more than one hook in it. Um, most of the time, because of the nature of the beast of fly fishing and its catch and release uh, standards, that's not going to be that as damaging as a treble hook. So I don't know anyone who's ever gotten in trouble for using an articulated streamer, but you are more than welcome to use two flies at once. That's what I do. That's what almost everybody does. Uh, if you go on a trip with me, you will see we'll be fishing two flies at once. Um, the flies themselves don't have two hooks on them, so we're good to go there. 
Uh, so, so it's just the, if the fly has more than one hook. So, of course, uh, Dave Bergman, the Bergmangler, lead guide and instructor at Jesse Brown's, does do guided fly fishing trips. And, in fact, now, during this peak fly fishing time, Delayed Harvest Dave is going to be on the water and out of the shop quite a bit. But if you want to get on his calendar, you can come by the store or click jessebrowns.com and get signed up for a guided fly fishing trip with Dave. So, Dave, why Delayed Harvest? What's the big deal? Why do we have it? Yeah, so there's... There's going to be different regulations, so we have a lot of streams that are hatchery-supported, and hatchery-supported means um, you can fish it and keep fish all year long, uh, except for the month of March. Uh, so that's for all the people who want to go keep fish. So the delayed harvest is really great for our fly fishermen and our sport fishermen. Um, it helps introduce a whole bunch of fish into that stream, like a lot. I'm, like, some streams get stocked with uh, 3,000 fish in a month, right? So it introduces a whole lot of fish, and it's all catch and release, so it's a, it's a great time. And these fish are, you know, especially when they first get put in, uh, pretty opportunistic. So they'll eat a lot of different flies. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great stream for beginners and any kind of fishing that you're doing. Um, but once that harvest time comes in a delayed harvest river, yeah, a lot of those fish are going to be taken out, but there are going to be some left. And the hope is that they're not over-harvested with regulations, and then you're kind of establishing this, uh, this crowd environment with upkeep on it. Um, so there are going to be times where there's going to be more fish, which is going to be, you know, coming up here real soon, and there's going to be times, like, in the summer when there's going to be less, but there always should be a trout population in there. Uh, but really, it's, uh, the delayed harvest is really more for our anglers. Uh, it's for our anglers who really enjoy the sport of fishing for trout, um, but don't want to eat them. Just want to appreciate them and appreciate the sport of fly fishing or light tackle spin fishing. Well, I'm so glad it's really for the fishermen. I, I'm Dave. This is Bill on this side. I'm glad you said that because in North Carolina, North Carolina was one of the early adopters of delayed harvest fishing, which was a is a, a management strategy to provide catch and release uh, trout. Um, from the fall, winter, spring, and then stopping in the summer. It started in the early 1990s, uh, 1992, and has grown since then, expanded to 32 different streams and lakes in western North Carolina. But many of these streams are closer in proximity. These are streams that would not normally hold trout year-round, but with this new program, the state will stock the fish. We have three different cold-water uh, hatcheries that raise these fish for stocking. My question uh, for you, though, it, with that um, management strategy, are these fish sterile, or can they reproduce and survive if they go deep, own the cold water? We left that out. Uh, trout need cold water to survive. Can these fish reproduce? Well, they typically they try to do all females, but they, I mean, these hatcheries do have to produce fish. So what they have is called a brood stock of uh, males and females, big, big males and females. And they take the roe from the females, fertilize them with the male sperm, and then raise a bunch of fingerlings into the trout that you know and love in your delayed harvest waters today. Uh, so usually... So typically the trout that are there are not sterile because they have to breed them in order to make more. Um, but typically, at least I know, as far as, far as my knowledge, um, I've worked in a private hatchery 
all the fish that we put out from on a private side are all female. Uh, I believe at one point the state did male and female fish, um, but they are, I believe they still do that. Sometimes they'll put some brood stock males in there just to have a couple big fish and a couple big spots because, trust me, I've seen them. Uh, they're there, but I think for the most part they, they try to keep it kind of controlled. But there is a hope there that because um, there are wild fish in some of those delayed harvest waters, uh, and I've, I've seen them. They're there. Um, so they are breeding. Uh, so it does happen. So is it completely controlled and sterile? No. Um, it is somewhat controlled, though. So can, can, it, can the average angler look and tell if it's a male or a female fish? This this is uh, getting yeah, good. At a certain age, it'll be very apparent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at a certain age, it'll be it'll be incredible. It'll be really apparent. Does their um, voice change? With, the, with, I'm sorry. What's today? Does their voice change? Does it get deeper? Yeah, I mean, do they yeah, grow a beard? Right. How do we know? Uh, well, you know, if you look under the brown trout, <laughs> um, it's going to be really obvious uh, because you know you're just going to see it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That's actually not how you tell, <laughs> but. Uh, so with, a, with trout, usually the males are going to have, as they get into a certain age, they're going to have what's called a kiped nose. That's uh, going to be that kind of curled, pointy nose that we all know and see in, like, big fish and magazines and stuff. And the females have more of a blunt, round snout. Uh, when they're younger, it's pretty hard for you to tell. Um, but as, if you catch a bigger fish, you'll know it'll be pretty, it'll be pretty obvious, usually. Um, like, like I said, the females are going to have that, that round snout, kind of like torpedo. The males are going to have a pointy, uh, pointy nose. We better, we better get this thing under control. If you're just joining us, this is the Carolina Outdoors with Wes Lawson right there. I'm Bill Barty, and we've got Dave, the Bergmangler Bergman, on the program telling us about wading trips, but more importantly, about the delayed harvest program of North Carolina, how it expands the amount of trout and trout waters that are available for sport fishermen, and in our case, fly fishermen specifically. And Dave, you will end up teaching a whole lot of people the sport of fly fishing. You will pretty much take them through the equipment, yeah, through the equipment, how to deliver the fly, how to read the water, the uh, bug study, entomology, if you will, hook set, fish fight, and it's important to say, you've said it multiple times, delayed harvest. So how to release properly the fish. We are calling them fish. They are trout. What are the species that we can catch in western North Carolina that maybe compare to other western states that don't have the same fish? Uh, so in North Carolina, we have brown trout, rainbow trout, and brook trout, and uh, all of those trout are bred at the hatchery, the state hatcheries. Um, our only native species of trout that we have here are brook trout. Brown trout came to the states in the late, I'm sorry, the early 1900s from Europe. Rainbow trout came from the western United States. Uh, so the, at East Coast, our only native trout that we have is the brook trout. Now, here in southern Appalachia, even the brook trout that are coming from the state are not technically native. Those are northern strain brook trout, like the ones you see in Maine, New York, Vermont. Um, Here we have the southern Appalachian brook trout, uh, which is not produced. Um, They can only be found native up in our high country streams, the the hiking streams, uh, way up high. So 
we have northern stream brook trout, we have brown trout and rainbow trout uh, coming into these delayed harvest waters. It sounded kind of like uh, some rat battles. You have east coast, west coast, north side, <laughs> south side. But yeah, that's right. Dave Bergman, we're not going to mess around. The brook, brook, trout, brook trout is ours. The brook trout is, uh, is who we rep, who we represent. <laughs> now and and you know if this were a calling show day, people would be calling right now saying you're wrong. Brook trout aren't a trout; it's a char, which of course means <laughs> we've got to yeah, go back. Right. We've got to go back several million years to where that that uh, family tree broke off. But of course, uh, the pilgrims saw brook trout not too far from their first settlement. So, Dave, where are these fish being stocked, and how do we know when that's happening, or do we know? Uh, so, the best way to know is to come into Jesse Brown. Ooh, I like and that talk answer. To us in person. Uh, that's the best way to know. Um, I'll go ahead and give you. I'll, um, so basically, there any all the counties within Western North Carolina and the foothills and the mountains, uh, almost every one of them has a delayed harvest stream in it. Um, and they're gonna. It's gonna be for fall. Your stocking's gonna be in October and November, and then they won't stock again until uh, March, and then they do March, April, May. And some streams even get a June stocking for all the, for all the meat hunters out there. Um, so they, wherever county you're in, um, if you're, you can actually look up the county and North Carolina Wildlife Resource Commission website, and um, you can look at the county, and it tells you what dates that they're going to be stocking it. Um, and so if you want to plan a fishing trip around, uh, if you want the fish to be really dumb, you can go when they're stocking. If you want a more of a challenge, you know, go towards the end of the, uh, the later than the date that's there. Uh, so it can be a helpful tool depending on what kind of fisherman you are. Or, um, you know, if you're bringing people who are beginners, things like that. And that's, you know, that's a good way, reason they put up those dates. Uh, that way you can know and kind of plan around it. Um, I'll tell you what, though, when they first stock, uh, I'm going to do a little PSA here. Uh, try not to chase the stocking trucks. So the process of putting these fish in these rivers, they have to kind of use a mild sedation, I believe is made with clove, uh, in, in the tanks that they're going in because trout need a lot of oxygen. And they're putting a lot of fish into the tanks on these trucks. And they do have an, uh, a oxygen tank that injects oxygen, but these fish are incredibly stressed out. Um, and so they put them down a little bit. Um, and not only are they kind of putting a, sedating them a little bit, they're about to get dumped into an environment that they've never, ever been in before. Um, these fish, are, they're not used to it yet. And what you see is a lot of people chasing stock trucks, even with, you know, the intent to catch and release. But, uh, I mean, that much stress on a fish right afterwards can do some damage. So make sure you give those fish a little bit of time to get acclimated into their new environment before you start hammering them down. Um, it's going to give everybody a better fishery in the end it's like that that construction site sign give them a break give the fish a yeah, break give them a break give the fish a break let them adjust a little bit let them move around um you, you know because a lot of times you want the fish to spread out too i mean i can't tell you i, I mean i've been on a lot of trips right so i've uh, days that are closer to i never go on stocking day that's not the environment that i'd like people to have we don't want to be surrounded by people combat fishing we want a beautiful mountain stream we want space to ourselves. We want to take in that fresh air, pure nature around us, right? So, but the trout have to move, take a little time to move around. So that if you usually go that first week, 
Um, if this is something that intrigues you, they're usually all piled up in, in one place where they put them and at, before they really start to spread out. Um, so giving them time to spread out uh, definitely makes it a better fishery uh, for everybody. And we all like to catch trout. So, you know, just like you said, con- construction sign, give them a break. So, Dave, one minute or less before you get ready for your next day in the water, what can somebody expect from a fly fishing trip with you? Well, we're going to meet at the river. I have everything need, including lunch and really good chips. So you show up at the, show up at the river. I have waders, rods, boots, uh, flies, everything. Not only are you getting all the gear, but you're getting a day of learning, and I really try to pride myself on that. As We're not just there to get you on fish. That's definitely a part of it. Uh, but we're there to get you the confidence to enjoy the sport on your own as well. Uh, or keep going with me. Either way, just have the confidence to go out and fly fish. A lot of people try to make it seem like this really difficult sport. And, it, you know, it really doesn't have to be. I tell people all the time, it can be as easy or as difficult as you would like it to be. Um, but the main thing is, is that giving you the confidence to be able to go and fish on your own, explaining what we're doing, why we're doing it. Uh, everything like Bill was saying before, um, even proper fish release. So everything leading up to getting on the water to releasing the fish, everything in between that gets taught. And it's usually a really great day. I don't think I've ever had a bad day on the water with anybody, even if the fishing's been slow. So you're getting not just a day of catching trout, but a beautiful day outside in the mountains, especially this time of year. I mean, this is one of the best time of year. I mean, once we get to middle of October, too, when the leaves really start changing, I mean, you can't really beat it. And and we, we should say that uh... – you take all skill levels, people who have never been fishing, yeah, to, pe- yeah, to people really, who have, have really have done a lot. Experience, yeah. I mean, I, I have people coming all the time who are like, "Well, don't I need to learn how to cast first? And my buddy says that you know this can be really hard. And I, hey, I say, no, no, no. You come with the skill that you have. You know why? You've developed no bad habits yet, and I get to teach you everything from the beginning. So I actually I like that. Going in with a fresh attitude is what I what I really love. So if you have no idea, you've never heard of doing it. You've never even done any research or anything before you decided to go on this trip. That's okay. That's totally fine. We're gonna. I'm gonna show you what it's all about. And it is ironic during this segment that we have Dave Bergman on that this segment is being brought to you by the fly fishing waiting trips from Jesse Browns. You can go to jessebrowns.com to book yours. Let's meet Streamside and go fish a day of learning, casting instruction, water reading, entomology hook set, and fish fight. You can come by the store. You can email jesse at jessebrowns.com or give us a call 704-556-0020 to book your day on the water. Hey, Bill, that's actually a coincidence, not uh, ironic. Thank you, <laughs> man. Hey, before I go, let me, oh. let me give a little PSA um, uh, for all our anglers getting out there this season. We've had a, t- a trying two years. And we've all looked for a new hobby that's really fun and gets us outside. And fly fishing has really filled that role. Uh, so let's really try to take care of our fish uh, this season. Uh, we have a lot of uh, that fly fishing is a catch and release culture, which is fantastic. And that's exactly what we want. And, you know, sometimes you'll see a depletion of fish just because of what we call poachers, right? People who 
either don't know or don't care about the rules and they wind up keeping fish anyway. But a lot of fish do take a hit when they're not handled properly. Um, I had a great teachable moment. Actually, it wasn't, it, it wasn't great for the fish, but it was a good teachable moment for some clients. Uh, there was a gentleman who caught a big brown trout, and he kept this thing in the net uh, until he saw somebody just to get a picture with it, just to get that hero shot. And, um, you know, we took a picture of it, and he put it back in the water, and, you know, this big old female brown trout went belly up. And I went, walked across the river into the current, grabbed her out of the deep water, and held her, held her right side up and showed my clients, like, you need to make sure the fish is ready to go and you really shouldn't hang on to it that long. That's a big fish that we all want an opportunity to have a battle with. So if you're on your own, take a picture of it in the net because can, you can get a good size of it that way just by comparison. Um, if you have a buddy, that's a great tool because then you have somebody to just take, take a snapshot, even hold your net while you get the hook out of its mouth and let it go for a quick release. Coming to Jesse Brown's, we have a great product there called the Catch Catch 'Em Release tool. <laughs> That's uh, right. A really quick, yeah, really quick release of a of a hook. Um, and we'll pump it out, uh, Dave. We got to check out on you, but thank you for oh, jumping sorry. on. I, I went over time here. Okay, you... <laughs> well, that was my day. Have a great time in the studio, and I'll see everybody on the water. You got it. Off he goes. That's Dave Bergman. Off we go. Bill Barty on this side, Wes Lawson on that side. We're the outdoor guys from Jesse Brown's.